East Texas only local news radio, 600 AM and 97.5 FM, KTBB. Good morning and welcome once again to In Focus. I'm John Sims and joining us again, I believe for maybe the second or third time in the past year, talking about different topics, including this one, Brenda Day Bevis, the executive director of the Doors Youth Transition Center in Longview, Doors, D-O-R-S. That's Developing Opportunities, Realizing Success. And that is our topic for today. Brenda, welcome back. Great to have you with us again. Thank you, John, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I kind of figured you would be. I know you're very passionate about your work, and it's always great to talk to you and to uh, have you come in and visit with us. Don't forget, In Focus is available online. Just go to ktbb.com slash In Focus. In Focus is uploaded to our website early in the morning the day after the show airs. Brenda, a little over a year ago, you came in to talk about doors and got us up to speed. You had just recently had a um, grant approved from the Episcopal Health Foundation, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. And uh, you discussed doors and just the different things it does and the ramifications of that particular grant. And then later you came in and talked about another organization you're involved with called the Longview Nonprofit Coalition, which um, we have just touched on and may touch on a little bit later in the show because, of course, it all ties in the different things that are going on around the Longview East Texas area as these different agencies work together. But let's talk about DOORS. First of all, just kind of a scene setter. What is DOORS and what is your purpose? What are you really trying to accomplish? DOORS is a nonprofit um, agency that serves 15 to 25-year-old homeless and at-risk young people in the East Texas area. And so what we try to do is help young people that are facing um, a number of challenges in their life transition into adulthood and become uh, productive citizens. And you are looking to provide a safe place for youth, a youth-oriented network. There's that important word again, network, of support programs and services that prepare youth to become, as you put it, respectful, responsible, and reliable citizens. And also provide a rent-free facility offering services under one roof. Your location, you're at 1125 Judson Road in Longview, Suite 153. And um, if you're interested in calling Brenda or some of the people on her staff, you can call 903-803-0105. The website is Doors communityservices.org. That's D-O-R-S, communityservices.org. And that is a great source of information about who you are and what you do. Let's talk about the issues. You are needed. Your streets are filled. Your shelters are filled. Let's talk a little bit about this population that you're trying to serve and why it's so important to serve them and about how a lot of people just don't quite understand exactly what the needs are. Uh, it's important to serve these young people because they're our future and we want to help them break a cycle of poverty a cycle of uh, neglect and abuse um, a cycle of educational deficiency a cycle of homelessness and it's not necessarily the population that people think of when they think of at-risk folks or homeless folks in a lot of ways it's really kind of an invisible population can you tell us a little bit about who some of these people are. We'll tell one particular story a little bit later on in the show, but uh, bottom line, it may not be exactly what people think of when they think of people in need. A lot of times people uh, think about homeless and at-risk young people as um, being responsible for the circumstances that they're in. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one thing that, uh, that I was completely wrong about when I began working with this population a little more than eight years ago. I believe that there would only be a small number of young people in East Texas that were homeless, but I was wrong. Um, I believe that a lot of the young people caused their unfortunate 
circumstances, and I was wrong about that too. Uh, the majority of the young people that we work with are victims of unfortunate circumstances, parents that are absent, most have never known who their father was. Um, many parents and family members have been incarcerated or are mm-hmm. um, uh, addicts, um, just a lot of unfortunate circumstances. Um, referrals. Uh, one of the things that I neglected to mention was that even your courtrooms are filled with homeless and at-risk youth who need your help. Referrals accepted from the Department of Family and Protective Services, juvenile probation, all school districts, homeless shelters, the juvenile justice system, and foster agencies. Do uh, these young folks just come to doors because of referrals, or can they decide to come in on their own? Actually, we've seen over the past three years an increasing number of the young people that have referred their own peers to us okay and that's been an exciting thing for us to see because uh you know when they come in that's one of the first questions we ask is how did you hear about us and so very often we they are telling us that well somebody at the bus stop said you helped them so maybe you could help me Mm. too uh, you provide needed services free of charge, no charge for any of the things you do. We'll run down some of those in a few minutes. And um, you say that you're a unique agency in Longview. What What is it that makes you unique? We're the only agency that provides holistic services to this younger population. Okay. Coordinating multiple services in a as, as you put it, a sequential manner at one location. Of course, that's 1125 Judson Road in Longview. Transitional housing, intense one-on-one case management, developing a transition plan. You really sit down and get busy with these folks and really work hard with them to make sure that their lives are going to be better further on down the road. Uh, let's just say in, uh, within whatever framework you want to use, within a month's time or say a year's time, about how many young people are you typically working with? Uh, we usually see between 105 to 125 or 30 brand new faces each year, in addition mm-hmm. to uh, those that are already in our program that are continuing to work on their transition plan goals. Mm-hmm. So a lot of young people that you're working with, but surely with a population of 80,000 in Longview, and uh, you uh, basically work uh, just within the city of Longview or in the environs of Longview, what's your main geographic range? The young people just need to be able to access us. Mm -hmm. So we have served people from Houston and Dallas. We have served people actually from um, uh, West Louisiana Mm -hmm. areas, um, north to the Texarkana area, but they have to be able to access us. So sometimes they might have um, a family member perhaps in the area or an acquaintance where they can Uh, relocate because we need to spend a lot of time with them. Mm -hmm. And the reason I mention that is you say Longview is a city with a population of over 80,000, but that begins to grow uh, by leaps and bounds when you talk about the geographic range down as far as Houston and Dallas. Mm -hmm. Of course, other cities in East Texas, Tyler, Henderson, Nacogdoches maybe, uh, just really anywhere around here. With all of these young people at uh, risk, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that even though you serve maybe 100 new faces a year, there are so many more who could use your services. And that's, of course, as always, a large part of why we're here today talking about this. Talking to Brenda Day-Bevis, Executive Director of the Doors Youth Transition Center. That's developing opportunities, realizing success, based in Longview. And let's kind of get into some of the details now. You have, what, I guess four basic programs that you operate on a day-in, day-out basis. Let's take each of those individually and talk about what it is and what it does. Job Ready, Transitional Housing, Operation Turnaround, 
and healthy inside out. Well, let's start with job ready because the first step out of poverty is employment. What we learn, though, John, is um, when young people come to us, they are often not ready for employment Mm -hmm. uh, for different reasons. They may not have the um, employment documents that are required, uh, and those can uh, take – we worked with young one young man uh, this spring, and it took us six months to be able to get all of his documentation in. You're writing to school mm. districts. You're you're trying to gather up everything that is needed for that. So it could uh, documents could be um, a circumstance. Um, another circumstance might be uh, just a, a mental health disorder. They may mm-hmm. be suffering from so much anxiety or depression that um, we want to help provide some services in that realm to them before we recommend them to an employer because we're looking for the best fit and the best outcome for long-term employment. So Job Ready is a class where we teach soft skills and then we advocate for them and partner them up with local employers that are willing, thank, thankfully, to, to give them a chance mm-hmm. uh, to work. Our Healthy Inside and Out um, program is a physical and mental health needs. We can provide some uh, non-narcotic prescriptions. We can take them to the doctor, glasses, uh, uh, dental services, um, and certainly uh, counseling is involved in that too. Um, Transitional housing, we are just helping stabilize their housing situation. And so uh, we advocate with um, local property managers. Affordable housing it almost doesn't exist. We just don't have enough of it in our area. Mm-hmm. And everybody is aware of that. But we have some property managers that will work really hard with the population that we serve. And so we do budgeting, and, and, and employment has to be stable, and we try to help stabilize their housing. But I will tell you, sometimes the stabilization of that housing is shelter housing, if that is the best fit for the young person at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, I believe we um, have yet to talk about Operation Turnaround, if you can discuss that for a bit as well. Well, that's where we focus on the uh, population that we have that are involved in the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. And that would be just about 58% of the young people that we serve are in the criminal justice system. And so we have uh, fantastic relationships with the uh, prosecutors and the probation officers and the judges, and um, we try to help guide the young people that typically will have a a Class B misdemeanor offense, help guide them successfully to complete all of the court requirements and get this uh, experience in their life behind them so that they can move forward successfully. Mm -hmm. One thing I wanted to bring up when you were talking about job ready, you used a term that's familiar to folks like us who have some experience in the nonprofit volunteer community, soft skills. And uh, not everybody understands what that means. If you could explain it just for a moment or two, it's very important. We address a number of things. We we uh, teach a module on communication skills. We teach teach a module on uh, conflict management. Mm-hmm. I also always try to uh, emphasize um, just the differences in in people, so that uh, we will be more tolerant 
of of each other uh, the backgrounds that we come from and the circumstances that we're involved in because a lot of times we have seen I've been an employer for more than 35 years and so I've seen with the younger generation sometimes they um, are more quick to react in the workplace and so they may get their feelings hurt or become upset over something and leave that job and we're trying to teach them the importance of maintaining employment long term and so in order to do that you've got to be able to resolve conflicts and you've got to be able to um, be more understanding and tolerant of others and differences in personalities and uh, management styles and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Very important points. Brenda Dave Evis, our guest this morning from Doors, Developing Opportunities, Realizing Success, the Doors Youth Transition Center, as it's officially known in Longview, address is 1125 Judson Road, Suite 153, phone numbers 903-803-0105. Uh, website is doorscommunityservices.org, and that's doors with a D-O-R-S. Info at doorscommunityservices.org is the best email to use. And uh, didn't mention earlier your basic hours of operation, not including the different uh, classes and courses and programs that you have for the individuals involved. As far as anybody just wanting to do a walk-in and come visit, learn more about what you do, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, basically. That is correct. Okay. All righty. Now, moving on, we want to talk about something called the Open a Door campaign. It just wrapped up this past week, and we said earlier in the show we want to emphasize again, a lot of people just don't really understand the issues that are involved, don't know that much about the population that you're trying to serve. The Open a Door campaign was a Facebook campaign that was designed to address that issue, and I understand that you got a lot of good response to that. Tell us what went on, how it worked, and what came out of it. Well, the very first day was a message from me that kind of kicked it off, and then uh, each day for a week we had a different post covering um, a different topic. So the topics that we covered were um, housing, um, transportation, uh, health-related needs, a food source, and we kind of concluded with just um, a discussion on poverty. And, John, I have to tell you, we've never done anything like this before. And the response was pretty phenomenal for us. The number of shares um, on Facebook uh, that occurred, uh, the the discussion, the the weigh-ins with the comments, uh, the the new likes um, that we received. Um, it, it was it was it was pretty awesome experience for all of us. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, um, what you're saying then is that just a lot more people now are aware of who you are, what you do, and why you're doing it. That's just right. kind of the big three right there. Uh, again, uh, most people not aware of this population, um, not really clear on exactly who they are, and uh, apparently your Open a Door campaign did a lot to open that door. Um, transportation, housing, employment, health needs, food sources, and overall poverty, I guess, pretty much covers the different categories that you were trying to address during the course of this Open a Door campaign. That's right. In addition to just educational deficiency, and mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, we've had a number of young people that... Uh, Uh, have been pulled out of school at very early ages and so when you're in sixth grade and your mom withdraws you from school but she doesn't homeschool you you're 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 a victim of that and Uh you don't you don't have much way in on a situation like that so uh, education is uh, an important component of what we do all the way around Mm -hmm. 
so this is something you're planning on or at least hoping to do again maybe next year next year okay. yes and it concluded with the the longview mayor uh, reading a proclamation uh, for for doors youth transition center day okay wonderful and what is what are you uh, hoping will come out of this more volunteers just more support more referrals just a little bit more of everything more financial donations i'm sure absolutely but i'll tell you what really speaks to my heart and that is just for more people to uh, have an understanding of the population uh-huh. and understand that they are victims of circumstances and usually not the ones that have caused these unfortunate circumstances so that educational component has uh, been a real big deal to me through this campaign but certainly um, more volunteers uh, more support at our fundraising events and we we didn't even mention money uh, the entire campaign until the very last day hmm. and we had a goal of five thousand dollars for this campaign and i have to tell you um, we received uh, five thousand two hundred dollars thus far great Great. You say thus far. It sounds like it may, it may not be over yet. Well, just last night, we I received another uh, online donation, so I'm hoping that there will be uh, more dollars coming in. Okay. Again, talking to Brenda Day-Bevis of the Doors Youth Transition Center in Longview, wanted to mention, and I guess I was a bit remiss, maybe should have mentioned this at the top of the show, We, uh, Dr. Stanley Williams from Community Health Corps, who is on your board and was going to talk about one of the upcoming topics um, with regard to uh, the Episcopal Health Foundation grant and mental health issues. Got called away at the last minute, unable to join us this morning, but uh, did want to say that we're sorry Dr. Williams could not be here today. We appreciate his efforts. Uh, I, I know that he had some important business to take care of, and just the fact that he, I guess we could say that he's here in spirit, but I, right. I, I just did want to point that out. So uh, thanks to Dr. Williams for at least volunteering even if the pl- to come in, if, even if the plans changed at the last minute. And Brenda, always great to have you join us. And to put more of a face on who you are and what you do and the population that you're helping, let's tell Kendra's story now. Kendra is a 16-year-old single mom, as you put it, emancipated, yet having difficulty with employment. So what's the, what's the latest on Kendra and, and the background of all this? Last December, uh, my colleague and I were in Judge Walmack's court, and it was an emancipation hearing, a hearing that I have never attended uh, something like that before. Kinder was 16 and a half years old. Uh, she had had a, a years of neglect and abuse, and um, even her mother had uh, stolen from her. And so years of in and out of the courtroom and CPS and, and so forth. Well, anyway, Judge Walmack uh, granted her emancipation. And, you know, what that meant, John, was as of that moment, Kendra, at only 16 years old, was considered an adult. Mm. And so uh, we had to work out transportation for her, um, housing situation for her, uh, child care situation for her little 18-month-old precious little boy, Mm -hmm. just a number of of things like that. Uh, And you also have to consider that she was only – is only 16 years old and um, her her desire uh, her whole life was to have a loving healthy relationship with her mother mm-hmm. this is not what she wanted to happen at all um, so she was having to make a whole lot of decisions at 16 years old that most of us would not make until we were closer to 30 years old mm-hmm. and so uh, as time has moved forward 
uh, Doors was able to help Kendra complete her CNA, a Certified Nurses Assistant ah. uh, certification. And so we were so excited she uh, gained employment at a local hospital. She worked for that hospital for two weeks when somebody walked up to her one day and said, we just realized you were 16 years old and you can't work here. You will need to leave. Oh, my gosh. She said, well, I'm emancipated. And we have learned through this experience, John, that a lot of people don't really understand what emancipated means. And so she uh, actually got a letter from the judge and presented back to the hospital but they still uh, mm. did not allow her to continue working there. And so she gained employment with a local assisted living. On her third day of work there, guess what? Somebody walked up to her and said, we just realized you're only 16 years old. You cannot work here. That particular Friday morning, five Fridays ago today, Mm -hmm. She, thankfully, drove from there to our office. After calming her down, because she's fearful, she needs employment. Sure. Uh, I asked her, would you go with me and let's drive back and visit with the employer? Again, she's 16 years old. She was nervous over it. She was afraid, but she agreed to go with me. I met the most wonderful uh, gentleman that heads up that particular assisted living, walked in unannounced, but he was willing to meet with us, and not everybody would do that. Mm -hmm. He let me explain, being in the courtroom, confirming what emancipation means, the impact in her life, that she is an adult. And um, I'll fast forward the story. Uh, within an hour, he had formulated a, an email, and he had... Uh, advocated for her to the the head office in another state explaining the situation and they did by that afternoon agree to allow her to continue wow. working there now i will tell you she only works a very few hours on the weekend mm -hmm. that's not a living wage no that's nowhere close to a living wage so we still have um, a lot of challenges before us uh, to gain uh, more employment for Kendra. But let me tell you another part of the story. Her mother had, uh, Kendra's father is deceased. Mm -hmm. And so she had been receiving uh, a death benefit to the tune of $1,321 a month. Mm -hmm. Her mother kept changing the payee and Kinder wouldn't get the money. And she would go back to Social Security, and it was a back-and-forth thing. Then on May the 7th, her mother died. Mm. The payee was still in her mother's name, which was a fraudulent act, but that's that was the circumstance. I'm also going to add that of Kendra's entire family, there were some other siblings, and there are uh, aunts and uncles, Nobody would share one single dollar to help bury Kendra's mother. Oh, my gosh. So Kendra has borne that expense all on her own. Thank goodness there was a funeral home that has allowed her to set up a payment plan. Well, a payment plan. She doesn't have hardly any income coming in. So uh, I, I wanted to share that because that speaks to Kendra's heart and to 
her love for her mother despite the horrific circumstances that she uh, was exposed to for so many years. Mm-hmm. So um, the what we have learned from Social Security is that her mother received an overpayment of several thousand dollars and kept that money. And so Kendra is now obligated to pay it back. Uh-huh. And that will the payback uh, we believe will conclude in about three months. So it's leaving Kendra uh, for at least six months without being able to receive that benefit, which is detrimental to her well-being right now. We're working even this day on her housing situation. It's mm. very volatile. Okay, right now. so obviously that story not over yet. We can only hope that it will have something resembling a happy ending. But it does speak in a very big way to the kinds of things that uh, Doors is really in the trenches with on a day-in, day-out basis. Thanks for sharing that. We have a few minutes left in the show, and last time on the show we talked about you getting a grant from the Episcopal Health Foundation to provide counseling. Uh, We just have maybe a few minutes to talk about this, but uh, I understand that uh, you're not sure if you're going to be able to get uh, such a grant for that kind of a program again, but you have had a lot of success with it. Talk a little bit about what's come out of that grant. Well, we served 58 individuals. Um, Different individuals received individual counseling sessions, totaling 303 sessions, Uh which is pretty phenomenal. And we uh, were able to fund 80 group sessions that served 1,002 young people with mental health disorders such as anxiety, depression, fear, and things like that. And so the results uh, that they provide us on a pre-assessment and a post-assessment have been really phenomenal, John, to to see the improvement in their life, the stabilization of their emotional and, and mental health. And we've had young people that were literally not able to step foot out of their home that are now working. Hmm. So there have been some pretty phenomenal results to that. Mm-hmm. And again, all of that from the grant we talked about last time over a year ago from the Episcopal Health Foundation to provide counseling for different types of mental health disorders. The grant just ended. Um, I believe I can take it on faith that you are working real hard to try and get some type of funding to uh, uh, do something along those lines again as soon as possible, whether it comes from this particular foundation or not. There's another grant pending we should hear within a month if we are going to be able to receive some additional counseling dollars through that grant, and I'm very hopeful that we will. Okay, let me personally wish you very good luck with that. It's very important, and obviously you've gotten good results out of what's been done over the past year or so. Uh, We talked about donating and volunteering. Obviously, uh, you're always willing and ready to accept financial donations. You can donate online. Go to that website, uh, doorscommunityservices.org, and volunteers. Uh, Just call that main number and ask for the volunteer coordinator. How does it work if somebody wants to volunteer with your agency? We just want them to make an appointment. We want to visit with them. We want to show them around our office, let them experience a little bit about what we do. We have a volunteer uh, form that they fill out. We do a background check, and then we uh, determine what their uh, interests are and plug them in. We need volunteers. We need we need donations uh, to help us um, gift young people with the hope um, to get past circumstances that they did not choose. Mm-hmm. 
Doors Youth Transition Center is located at 1125 Judson Road in Longview, suite number 153. The office number is 903-803-0105. Email info at doorscommunityservices.org or go to the website, doorscommunityservices.org. Doors spelled D-O-R-S. And lots and lots of information on there that will be very helpful to you if you're interested in this entire topic we've been chatting about for the last 27 minutes and 40 seconds. (laughs) And uh, office hours 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, if you want to do a walk-in. One more thing, November 16th, you have a big fundraiser, a bowling tournament fundraiser called Bowl It Forward. I know that uh, there's still a pretty good ways down the road, but, gee, November will be here before you know it. So what, what can you tell us right now about this fundraiser? Well, it's fun, and so you don't have to be a skilled bowler to come and help us uh, support the young people that we serve. So put your teams together. It's four-man teams, four women teams. We have um, men and women's flights. We love each year seeing our Longview Police Department bowl against our Longview Fire Department. Ah. That's pretty fun and interesting and entertaining to watch, and we are looking for sponsorships. So we need your help November 16th at oil bowl lanes in longview okay and right now while you're waiting for i guess more detailed information to go up on the website uh, info at doorscommunityservices.org or that phone number 903-803-0105 for any information you want to get to kind of get it on your calendar and start making some plans as far as uh, bowl it forward november 16th in longview to benefit doors Youth Transition Center. We've been talking to Brenda Day-Bevis, Executive Director of the Doors Youth Transition Center in Longview. Doors standing for developing opportunities, realizing success. Uh, Quickly here, we've got just a little under a minute, but I think it's important to mention your new message for staff board and volunteers. You can never reach a generation you do not love. If you judge them before you help them, you fail them. And that really just kind of goes right back to the core of why you exist and why you continue to operate and why you're helping so many young people all the time. It's one of the first topics that I talk about with new volunteers, new staff, is the judgment aspect. Mm -hmm. We want to throw that out the door. Okay, great. We're about out of time, but Brenda Day-Bevis with the Doors Youth Transition Center in Longview, thanks so much for visiting with us again, and do stay in touch. Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure. I'm sure thing. Same here. I'm John Sims. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next week on In Focus. Your only local news radio. This is KTBB Tyler. KTBB FM Troop Tyler Longview and KTBB.com.